This is Radio Romania International. You are listening to our one-hour broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa. We can also be heard on the internet at www.ri.ro, Channel 1. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter and other social media platforms. Our programs are also available on TuneIn, Radio Romania International 1, and in Europe via satellite Utilsat 16A on 11,512 MHz, vertical polarization, azimuth 16 degrees east. We wish you good reception conditions. Welcome, I'm Mihaela Ignatescu with the news, the headlines. The Romanian government will intensify its concrete support for Ukraine, reads a communique issued two years since the start of Russia's war of aggression against Ukraine. And Italy, which is holding the rotating presidency of G7, has organized an online summit to reiterate the support for Ukraine. The government of Romania will keep intensifying the concrete and multidimensional support for Ukraine, reads a press release issued by the Romanian executive. Today we mark two years since the beginning of the war of aggression of the Russian Federation against Ukraine, an unprovoked, illegitimate and illegal act in contradiction with all the principles of the UN Charter and the norms of international law, which are the basis of the order that the world we live in has been founded on for decades, the press release reads. Romania has been by the side of Ukraine since the first moments of this tragedy and made constant and substantial efforts to support the Ukrainian state as well as the seriously affected population, the Romanian government's release also states. To symbolically mark the significance of this moment and the solidarity with Ukraine, the government building will be illuminated during the evening in the colors of the Ukrainian flag. Also today, the flag of Ukraine is flown at the main entrance of the Parliament Palace and at the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. The sacrifice of the Ukrainian people will be marked by the Chamber of Deputies with a minute of silence for the Ukrainian citizens who have lost their lives in this unjustified war on Monday, February 26, in the plenary session of the Legislative Forum. Romania's president, Klaus Johannes, has stated that it is necessary for the Romanian authorities, together with international partners, to continue efforts to provide humanitarian assistance to refugees and especially for the integration of those who are on the territory of the Romanian state. Millions of Ukrainians have crossed the border into Romania. Some have stayed and others have gone to other countries. In Romania, they have found warmth, empathy and support from the entire society. Italy, which is holding the rotating presidency of the G7, is organizing today an online summit meant to reiterate the support for Ukraine. The Italian Prime Minister, Giorgia Meloni, has paid a surprise visit to Kyiv, where she is presiding over the virtual meeting in the presence of Volodymyr Zelensky. The summit is the first of the heads of state and government of the G7 member countries under the Italian presidency. 
It was convened to mark two years since the start of the Russian aggression against Ukraine, at a time when Kyiv recognizes that it is facing an extremely difficult situation, its troops lacking ammunition and American aid. The G7 decided last year to sign bilateral security agreements with Ukraine. After London in January, Kyiv signed last week agreements with Germany and France, and 25 other states, including Poland, have joined this initiative. Concretely, these security agreements can stipulate the provision of military equipment, interoperable with those of NATO, the training of Ukrainian forces and the strengthening of Ukraine's defense industry. At the end of the meeting, a joint statement on Ukraine will be adopted. The participants are also to decide on tightening sanctions. Two years into the war, the EU approved on Friday the 13th package of sanctions against Russia, which includes the most consistent set of measures in a single package. The Romanian Minister of Foreign Affairs, Luminita Odobescu, and her Indian counterpart, Subrahmaniam Jenshakar, adopted in New Delhi the joint declaration on the 10th anniversary of the Romania-India Extended Partnership, a landmark in the history of cooperation between the two countries. According to a press release issued by the Romanian Foreign Ministry, the meeting between the two officials took place on the sidelines of the Raisina Dialogue International Conference and provided the opportunity for a substantial exchange of views on regional and global issues of common interest against the backdrop of security developments. The joint anniversary declaration aims to strengthen Romanian-Indian bilateral relations, as well as cooperation in a multilateral context. It also underlines the sectoral priority approach in three areas – energy, ITNC and manufacturing. Both ministers appreciated the progress made in the development of bilateral relations and confirmed the common commitment to the consolidation of collaboration in priority areas, with an emphasis on economic relations and sectoral cooperation. The two dignitaries also highlighted the importance of cooperation in addressing challenges and promoting regional and international stability. On February 24th, Romanians celebrate Dragobete, the local equivalent of St. Valentine's Day. A mythological date is similar to Eros, the god of love in Greek mythology, or Cupid, the Roman god of love. Dragobete, also known as Dragomir, is imagined as a strong-willed, handsome and lovable lad who lives mostly in the woods. Dragobete, a holiday with a thousand-year tradition, also marks the beginning of spring and of the agriculture year. And that was the news. Coming up next, The Week in Review. Hello and welcome to this review of the main events of the week. I am Karin Kotsoyo. After long negotiations, the parties in the governing coalition in Bucharest reached a consensus on Wednesday regarding the merging of some of this year's elections. The Social Democratic Party and the National Liberal Party leaders agreed and announced that the local and European parliamentary elections will take place alongside one another on June the 9th, the presidential elections in September and those for the national parliament in December. 
Political stability and the continuity of the Governing Act are the Social Democrats and Liberals' arguments for merging the elections. As for local elections, the Social Democrats and Liberals will be on separate lists, but for the European Parliament, they will have a joint list, something unimaginable in the relatively recent past when they were sworn enemies. Now the Social Democrats and Liberals are talking about a quote-unquote minimal sacrifice of pride in the interest of Romanians. The opposition considers unconstitutional the merger of the European parliamentary elections with the local ones. The United Right Alliance, formed by USR, Forza Drepte, a liberal splinter, meaning the force of the right, and the PMP, which is outside Parliament, claimed an attack on democracy, which it says it will not prevent using all legal leverage. The Alliance for the Union of Romanians, in turn, stated that democracy was officially killed by the leaders of the Social Democrats and Liberals, Marcel Ciolacu and Nicolae Ciuca, respectively, whom they accuse of being desperate to stay in power for the next 10 years of illusory stability. Convoked by the country's president, Klaus Johannes, this week the Supreme Council for the Defense of the Country convened in Bucharest. The main topic is the serious security situation in the Black Sea region and the implications it has for Romania. In this context, the SCDC members ordered measures to strengthen the Romanian armed forces, as well as a set of actions aimed at strengthening the national cybersecurity system. For Romania, the war in neighboring Ukraine still poses the risk of incidents that can affect its territory and citizens, but also dangers regarding the safety of navigation in the Black Sea. As stated in the Supreme Council of the Defense of the Country, that is why its members analyzed the measures already taken to protect the integrity of the territory and the population and discussed the additional actions that are required as a result of the worsening of the security situation in the region. At the same time, they ordered that Romania continue diplomatic efforts to stop Russia's military aggression in Ukraine, which began two years ago on February the 24th, 2022. These days, the Romanian Ministry of Foreign Affairs summoned the Russian ambassador to Bucharest in connection with the sudden death in a prison near the Arctic Circle of 47-year-old Russian opposition politician Alexei Navalny. The responsibility for the death of Navalny rests exclusively with the Russian authorities, the representative of the foreign ministry told the diplomat, and demanded a transparent, independent, and comprehensive investigation into the circumstances under which the death occurred. The moral obligation of the Russian authorities to hand over the lifeless body of Alexei Navalny to the family without delay was also mentioned. 
In Romania, President Klaus Johannes and other high Romanian dignitaries expressed their sadness for the death of the Russian opposition politician. At the same time, dozens of people were present with flowers and candles in front of the Russian embassy building in Bucharest with the message, quote, for democracy we must fight at all time, unquote. The Romanians settled in Spain received good news this week. They will be able to have, starting this year, dual citizenship, as announced at the end of the meeting with officials in Madrid by the president of the Senate, Nicolae Ciuca, and the president of the Foreign Affairs Committee, Titus Corlatsan. The governments of the two countries still have some technical aspects to iron out, the two declared. Therefore, the document would be signed on the occasion of the visit to Romania by the Spanish Prime Minister Pedro Sanchez. Dual citizenship is an important topic for the Romanian community in Spain. Currently, they have to give up their Romanian citizenship in order to obtain that of the Iberian state. For now, Spain has agreements on dual citizenship only with its immediate neighbors France and Portugal. Romanians form the second largest foreign community in Spain after the Moroccan one. Their number is believed to exceed one million. You have been listening to a review of the main events of the week on Radio Romania International. Focus on Romania. Time now for Hit of the Day on Radio Romania International. You're invited to listen to Mario Fresh and his latest song, So What? Oh, oh. Sigur munca cu tot curade Tu sunt ex 
are listening to Radio Romania International. World of Culture Welcome to World of Culture. I'm Ana Maria Popescu. The Sutsu Palace in the center of Bucharest, one of the venues administered by the Bucharest City Museum, is hosting an exhibition entitled Between Romania and France, a remarkable fine art venture, which is open for visitors until the end of September. The annual exhibition, organized by the Bucharest Art Gallery with the Bucharest City Museum, is of particular importance this year, when Romania celebrates 30 years since it became a full member of the International Francophony Organization. We talked about the exhibition with the museum's deputy director, Elena Olariu. Expoziția a fost deschisă pe 17 noiembrie 2023 și The exhibition was opened on November the 17th, 2023 and will stay on until September the 26th this year. So there is enough time for art lovers to see it. In 2023, we celebrated 30 years since Romania joined the OIF and this is precisely the reason why this exhibition was organized. The most important idea conveyed by the works on display is the intrinsic connection between Romanian and French art. Since the second half of the 19th century, and especially in the 20th century until the communist regime started, Romanian youth would go to Europe to study art. They would study in Munich and in Paris. In Paris, they would go to the greatest art academy in the world, the Beaux-Arts, as Paris had become the world's art center, at least in the second half of the 19th century. Elena Olario gave us more details about the history of Romanian francophony from the perspective of fine arts and the Romanian artists' love for France and especially for Paris. She also spoke about the beginnings of modern art in Romania and the birth of higher education in arts, initiated by the painter Teodora Man. In the capital of France, Teodora Man, 
It was in the French capital city that Theodora Mann studied, for instance, and it is with him that our exhibition begins. He completed his art studies in Paris and even started to show his works there, at official art salons, major art exhibitions, the largest in Europe actually, which showed works by French artists and by the artists who stayed in Paris after graduation. Todoraman had fulfilled his dream of studying in the European capital of art, but he returned to Romania and set up the fine arts school here in Bucharest. The deputy director of the Bucharest City Museum also listed a number of other major Romanian artists, such as Nicolae Grigorescu, Ion Andreescu and Stefan Lucian, whose works are on display at the Sutsu Palace and who were influenced by France and the artistic connections with the arts in Paris. Another important artist, a grandmaster, our national painter, Nicolae Grigorescu, also left for Paris to complete his education in arts. Many of these Romanian artists had been church painters, and they went to Paris to learn about modern art, the art of easel painting, as we would say today. Andreescu did the same, and we have an interesting work of his in the exhibition. After Grigorescu and Andreescu, it was Stefan Lucian's turn to come to Paris. Although Lucian had initially studied in Munich, he lived for a while in Paris afterwards. And this very interesting alternation between Munich and Paris was a regular practice for a long time. Elena Olariu also mentioned the extraordinary relationship between the Romanian painter Teodor Paladi and the great French painter Henri Matisse. In France, Romanian artists met French artists as well. Palladi, for instance, became friends with Matisse, and for those who don't know the amazing story of the Romanian traditional blouse, Palladi offered the French artist a small series of traditional blouses with exquisite needlework. He gave them to Matisse as a present, and in turn, Matisse made an important series of drawings and paintings featuring these peasant blouses worn by young female models. These impressive connections were not only important in terms of art per se, but also in terms of the promotion of Romanian culture in general, and this was a very important aspect to keep in mind. We asked Elena Olario which other artists are featured in the exhibition. Other important artists in the exhibition are Stefan Popescu, who studied in Munich but lived many years in Paris, and Kimon Logi, for instance, who traveled and worked across France. Joseph Isser, Max Arnold, Stefan Constantin and many other artists traveled constantly between Romania and France. And I would also like to mention Cecilia Kutsescu-Stork, represented in our exhibition by a number of graphic works and paintings.
Elena Olariu, the deputy director of the Bucharest City Museum, wrapped up today's installment of World of Culture. Radio Romania International Encyclopedia. Encyclopedia. Constantin Brincus's journey from the humble beginnings as the son of a poor carpenter to the artistic heights he achieved in Paris as a sculptor began in Hobitsa, a village in the northern part of historical Oltenia, where Brincus was born on the 19th of February 1876. It was from here that he set off at the start of the 20th century to Western Europe, which was more welcoming than his native Romania to his art, one that was nevertheless imbued with the traditions of his skin and a closeness to nature. Before he left for Paris, Brincuche attended primary school in his village and went on to the School of Arts and Crafts in Craiova before enrolling at the Academy of Fine Arts in Bucharest which he graduated in 1902. It was about that time that he decided to leave Romania, but nothing is certain when it comes to the artist's personal biography. Very little is also known about his personality and way of thinking, so the man behind the artist is difficult to reconstruct. However, any endeavor to understand him has to include the journey that led to his achieving fame abroad, a journey Sorin Trunka recreated recently and described in a book entitled Constantine's Journey, Brincuche's Escape from Romania, a Reconstruction. Sorin Trunka noticed from the start that there is very little actual information about Brincuche's journey. I began with the assumption that he left in 1903 and arrived in 1904. The writer Alexandru Blahutsa wrote in 1910 that this journey lasted four months. Some said it took eight months, others 14 or 16 months, even two years. There are many things that are not clear. My intention was to try to put forward a valid theory. After doing a lot of reading and carefully considering all the arguments and sources, I concluded that he must have left in 1903, sometime in late spring or early summer, and that he most likely arrived in Paris the next summer around Bastille Day on the 14th of July 1904. The journey would have taken him more than a year, but it's still not certain if he indeed left in 1903 and not perhaps a year earlier, in 1902. According to Sorin Trunka, Brincuș most probably left from Hobitsa to Petroșani in the Romanian kingdom and then crossed over to Transylvania, which at the time was part of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Via Hatzik, he entered Hungary via Nadlak, passed through Budapest, entered Austria through Haidantor im Karnutum, 
traveled through Vienna, Linz, and Salzburg, and then into Germany, to Munich, Constance, and further to Switzerland, where he seemingly fell ill, more precisely in Basel. After entering France, he traveled by train from Langres to Paris, where he is believed to have arrived on the 14th of July, because as the artist wrote, France welcomed me with a brass band and a military salute. But how did Bencouche travel, and how did he finance his trip? Sorin Trunca says the answers to these questions are still not clear. We know some important points that are validated by exegetes, by people who also knew him personally, like the lawyer and publicist Petre Pandre. Basically, we know that he passed through Vienna, through Budapest, through Munich, through Basel, through Zurich, and through Langres on his way to France. And from here on, I simply started to complete a map and make an itinerary starting from the hypothesis that Brancouche made this journey in some way, on foot. This is another discussion. Many support this theory that he walked like Bada Kurzan. I don't think he did that. I think he rather went out into the world like peasants or journeymen. After finishing their apprenticeship, a journeyman is charged with taking this path to maturity in which they must travel from one craftsman to another to learn new secrets of the trade. So our peasant Brinkush went out into the world, but he looked as a journeyman after finishing his apprenticeship in Bucharest at the School of Fine Arts, a very good school by the way. What is known for sure, however, is that after graduating the school, Konstantin Brinkush participated in various competitions for the creation of public monuments, all his proposals being rejected at the time. Perhaps this rejection led Brinkush to leave the country, but this too is only an assumption in the absence of direct testimony. And here is Sorin Trunca once again. All the public works Brinkush ever made were rejected, but there are also exceptions. One is related to the well-known Turguziu complex, but there we are talking about a person who is already almost 60 years old. So in Brinkush's old age, few people could correct his works. But until then, all his public works were rejected. Other exceptions are public monuments, but commissioned by private individuals, such as those in the Buzo Cemetery, so a funerary monument. You have been listening to Radio Romania International Encyclopedia. Hello, dear friends, and welcome to a fresh edition of our program devoted to traditional music from Romania. This is Daniel Bill to the microphone, and today we are going to present to you a series of love songs occasioned by the special day of Dragobete, a sort of local St. Valentine, which is celebrated in Romania on February the 24th. Let's now listen to one such song.
The day of Dragobete is millennia old in Romania, presumably dating back to the ancient inhabitants of this region known as Dacians, which the father of history, Herodotus, described as the bravest and most righteous of the Thracians. Let's now listen to a love song dedicated to this day by Angelica Flutur, a gifted vocalist from northwestern Romania. This 
musical program on Radio Romania International has been devoted to Dragobete, a local holiday of love and happiness for the young and old people alike. We continue this program with a song from Muntenia in southern Romania, brought to you by Raluca Diaconu. You have been listening to a traditional music program devoted to the special holiday celebrating love and happy weddings, which is known to the locals as Dragobete. We go out today with a love song also from southern Romania. Performing is Nina Predescu.
Living Romania. This is Bucharest Radio Romania International. DX Mailbag. Welcome to a new edition in our DX Mailbag series. I'm Eugen Nasta. Once again, we go on a journey around the world, greeting listeners and friends, allowing you to compare how other listeners across the continents receive our programs. The first message we're quoting from this week is the one sent in by Abdul Alim, living in Ayampet, Tanjavur district, Tamil Nadu in India. Our listener tuned into our radio station on February the 5th, 2024, from 0130 to 0120 hours UTC on 9510 kHz. The receiver is a Texan PL310ET with a telescopic antenna. The SIMPA is 54444. Jayanta Chakrabarti, living in New Delhi, India, tuned into our broadcast in English on February the 5th, 2024, on 9510 kilohertz from 0400 to 0456 hours it is see with a symbol of 3 all the receiver is a grundig yb80 transistor with a telescopic rod antenna we took the liberty to quote from mr chakrabarty's comments on our programs and program details as an admirer and lover of romanian culture language and music i think radio romania international is the best media platform to help educate and inform interested listeners on these aspects. Today's program had a mix of Romanian rich cultural heritage which is recognized the world over. There was a virtual tour of the rich architectural buildings in the travelers section and the language lesson in Romanian without tears. While inside Romania discussed the age-old wine-making industry, one of the oldest wine-producing cultures in Europe. 
famous from ancient times, where the Greeks brought grapevines during the 600 and 500 year BC. I learned that Romania ranks fourth in Europe with significant domestic consumption, as well as exports of sparkling range of wine, natural variety and champagne. Music concerts and Simply Folk displayed a fair amount of the music scene in Romania. I enjoyed the lively discussion on ancient Romanian composers from northeast of the country. News of the Festival of Music scheduled in Bucharest on February the 26th will showcase the productive way of working and changes in efficiency in Romanian talents in classical music and jazz. You are listening to Radio Romania International. You at the Radio Romania International, the DX Mailback continues. I'm Eugen Nastam. A 56-year-old female, Messiah Tanaka, living in St. Leonard's on Sea, East Sussex, UK, tuned into our radio station on February the 6th, 2024, from 0630 to 0065 hours UTC on 11930 kHz with a symbol of 45444. The receiver is a Sony CFM23L with a built-in telescopic antenna. At 6.30 there was the opening station ID and information. At 6.31 News Health Sector Trade Union stalked with the Prime Minister, the Coalition's plan of election, weather warning and such like. At 6.36 Relationship with Turkey. At 6.40 High-speed train or locomotives. At 6.44 Station ID. Then you had the history show relationships with Turkey, Turkish Ottoman, the Balkan Entente, the Second World War, and such like. Think Greener focused on forest management, forestation, reforestation, regeneration, etc. At 06.55, there was the closing next broadcast information and contact details. The history show was especially interesting for me because I'm not familiar with the history of Eastern Europe although I studied world history at high school in Japan. Thank you for educating me and broadening my horizons each time I listen to your broadcast. A member of International Radio Listeners Organization in Pakistan, Muhammad Akhil Bashir tuned into our radio station on February the 6th, 2024, from 04.30 to 04.57 hours UTC on 9510 kHz with an SIO545. Our good old friend Hans-Werner Lollicke, based in Hedehusene, Denmark, tuned into our broadcast in English on February the 5th, 2024, from 03.30 to 0700 hours UTC on 11930 kHz. Hans had a simple rating for the signal of our broadcast, standing at 5444, strong and clear signal. We took the liberty to go from his program details. The news, the European Union supports Ukraine. Romanian Parliament has started session. Epidemic alert due to flu and other infections. Romanian swimmer to World Championship in Doha. The features, epidemic alert, practical instructions, EU money for Ukraine, report, NATO exercises from north to south, cultural event, old industrial plants to cultural institutions. 
the receiving equipment was made of a Sony ICF SW7600GR receiver with a telescopic antenna. Richard Lemke, based in St. Albert, Alberta in Canada, tuned into our radio broadcast on 96.20 kHz, 73.25, 95.10 kHz on February the 6th and the 7th between 23.01 and 01.55 hours UTC. Richard listened, first of all, to New Names on the Cover, the show I've been running, producing and presenting for more than 15 years now on Radio Romania International. Belgium, our guest, Catalina 2020, published a contest. 2020, in Paris, she won a contest, a collective volume for fiction, a prize magazine. December 2022, Catalina, Passion of Sea, Stellar Movement, Medical Life, 28 Short Stories, empty stomach and such like. Inside Romania, welcome. A new initiative addressing underprivileged children, President Radio Romania International Friends, Childhood, Young People, Disabilities, Florentina Balos, the president of the Barrel of Smiles Association, has long been one of Radio Romania International's friends, as over the years we have carefully followed her charity initiatives and other projects. Today's edition is devoted to a visionary project designed to provide assistance to young people with disabilities with no longer possibility to have access to education. The project seeks to prepare these young people for the hardships of life and train them to find a job. Mr. Najimuddin, a member of the International DX Radio Listeners Club, based in West Bengal in India, tuned into our radio station on February the 9th, 2024, from 1600 to 1656 hours UTC, on 15.640 kHz. The receiver is a Grundig YB80 with a telescopic rod antenna. The SIMPO is double four three double three, and the signal was moderate. The program, World News and News Events program, especially on Middle East, issues with very nice songs. It is always my favorite for reliable information. Mikir Kohara, a 73-year-old male living in Setsu City, Osaka in Japan, tuned in to our broadcast in English on February the 7th, 2024, from 23.01 to 23.35 hours UTC on 96.20 kilohertz, and with a simpo of 35343, 35232. The receiving equipment is made of an ICOM ICR75 receiver with an AORSA 7000 1.8-meter roll-type antenna. That's all we have time for in this week's DX Mailbag. Those of you who sent in their reception reports will receive a QSL card in the shortest time possible. Tune in again next week. Until then, from me, Eugen Nasta, it's goodbye and all the best, 73s. Focus on Romania. Coming up next on Radio Romania International. Simply Folk. 
Welcome to Simply Folk, I'm Eugen Nasta. You're invited to listen to an accomplished traditional music vocalist from Moldavia, Maria Pietraru, performing one of her most successful songs. Accompanying Maria Pietraru is Radio Romania's traditional music orchestra, conducted by Radu Voinescu. that our broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa has come to an end. You can listen to our next program for Western Europe at 1800 hours UTC on 11630 kHz in the DRM system. Listeners in Africa can receive our programs tomorrow at 1200 hours UTC on 21470 kHz. We can also be heard on the internet at www.rri.o channel 1. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write an email at engl at rri.o. Goodbye.